0: I would say the biggest misconception is that people think we get paid less to work with B clients. Uh And to me, we actually get paid a lot more to work with these clients because they suck a lot less of our time. They connect us to their accountants right away and give us their documents. They're not rate shopping you. You're not competing for anything. You're not buying anything down. You're telling the client, here's your option. And they're like, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And then they refer more. So then you have to market less.
1: The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Today on the show, I have Denise LaFamboise and Nicole Evans, and they work together and they specialize in helping business for self clients. And so they've actually created a course called BFS Bootcamp, And you can check that out we'll put a link in the show notes for that and i just wanted to chat with them i had them on island be live and we talked about the challenges of the current market as well as the growing number of people that need this type of help and why it's a great niche so uh, check that out also on the ask the expert segment i talked to tom hall about doing a win-loss analysis before we jump into that i want to give a shout out to our title sponsor finmo finmo's a canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform designed specifically for canadian brokers It's very easy for borrowers to use. It's got some cool features like smart docs and smart submission notes, and it's connected to Lender Spotlight. So it's very effective tool. We use it at our brokerage because when we train rookies, we don't want to make the tools too difficult for them because it's already a challenging enough business. Check them out at lendesk.com slash Finmo. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, ILMB Live. Today, I have got Nicolie Evans and Denise Lafonboise, and they're um, dynamic duo who work really well together, but also have recently created a course for how to do business for self-files. I've known Denise for a long time in uh, the mortgage industry back when she first started, and I've just seen her continually every year just continue to upgrade and get better. And now she's got this cool course and got a very unique business model. And so I want to just chat with you guys about, about what you're doing with that, as well as, you know, maybe give us some tips on, we'll make it some learning too. So maybe if you guys want, who'd like to go first background on each of you guys, and then we'll jump into this discussion. Go
0: for it.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> my name's is Evans. Evans. Uh, I work with Denise. We did start in the industry together and continue to work together as a team at this point in time with some other staff here. And yeah, my background includes PR, psychology, small business, different things and not-for-profit. So yeah, really logical uh, progression to mortgage brokering, but it actually does make a lot of sense, especially working with uh, business for self clients. So right. And psychology
1: of- is useful. Like, right? It
2: is. Honestly, PR is useful as well, Scott. Like, you know, my last role in the PR world was working for an organization called Futurepreneur. They uh, help younger people and they define young under 40. So like they're pretty loose with that term. <laughs> That's
1: pretty um, yeah. Dang it, <laughs> just, I'm not young anymore. I, I know, doubt. honestly,
2: we won an award for being young entrepreneurs a couple of years ago, but we don't qualify anymore for that. But anyhow, part of my role there was telling stories about um, people's business journeys, which is a lot like doing business for self clients to be honest like we need to tell a bit more of a story when we're looking at these self-employed files more so than when we have a straight income qualified file so it actually does play across that way so it's, it's kind of neat so that's me and we've been doing this the same amount of time
1: so, so yeah. and where's your accent from
2: i'm from australia okay, um I originally need, i'm I was- gonna say that I, I've been I was going to do the Dumb and Dumber
1: time. from Austria, you know, the.
2: Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah no, that really. never gets old. That's yeah. really, I
1: love that movie, whether you love it or hate it. It was a funny movie. And so that's awesome. It's great to meet you, Nicely. We haven't met officially other than the no. wave. So uh, yeah. Denise, why don't you do a quick intro and then we'll jump into some questions. Uh,
0: yeah. So, well, Nicely covered it. I work with Nicely. I came from healthcare. So same logical progression to mortgage brokering. We've been doing this since, uh, December 2016, which is the perfect time to come into the mortgage industry when everything was changing. Do you want to know about the business for self? Like yeah, uh, let's
1: dive into that. So what so you like the down last the path of being there. business for self? Cause you guys seem to have really carved a niche out in this space.
0: Okay. So step one is why we ended up there in the first place is because we were an in-house brokerage in a real estate office when we started. So I was learning all these cool things about talking to realtors from Scott's training and I couldn't use any of it. So we were using it on financial planners and accountants and doing other things. And that led us down to a path of meeting a lot of BFS people. And then you help one client and they tell more people. And then you're at this point now where the last two years, 49% of our business uh, of our files have had at least one self-employed borrower on them which is a bit more than the national average of they say somewhere between 15 and 23 percent of Canadians are self-employed
1: right so you've got double that and it's only increasing from what I've heard it's compounding because business people know each other and we do refer a lot like think about being a business owner like do you know an accountant do you know this and so, you yeah, kind of like these. I never
0: asked anybody when I worked at the hospital as a salaried employee, who's your mortgage broker, who's your accountant, mm-hmm. but like when you're self employed you talk
1: about that stuff. You almost always want an introduction versus a, I'm not even going to trust the Google often for that I'm going to want somebody who knows somebody. And so that's the power of this and so you put together this course so what gave you the idea to put together a course on like business for self.
0: Oh, that's all Jill Mollering's fault, actually. So she teaches like this amazing underwriting training and she's like,
2: "Um, uh,
0: people keep asking about BFS stuff. Like you guys need to do a course, like you do so much BFS, like why don't you do a course? And she just like, it was her inner ears all the time.
2: There is a second part to that a little bit as well is that sometimes when we have the business for self clients come to us and we look at where they are currently and where they've been placed previously, It's a solution, but it's not a great solution for them. And there are better solutions available. So given that we were consistently finding better solutions for self-employed clients, we figured there might be something a little bit broken on another end that potentially other people could learn from us and could learn how we're doing things so that we are as an industry better serving these self-employed people as well. But it's mostly Jill's fault.
1: Right, yeah, because and so she has a fantastic underwriting course, and so then how does this different than from what she's doing? So if her course was like one hundred and one, like English one hundred and one or Psych one hundred and one, would this be like two hundred and one? Like it's more of a well, this is just mirror- it's a,
0: like it's a full deep dive into BFS. So we go through everything: how to talk to clients where to find clients, lead generation, deep dive of the documents, a billion case studies about all kinds of nonsense we've been able to do with A and B lenders you didn't know you could do in the broker channel. And then like how we pre approve them because it's a little different telling them here's what you can do or here's what you need to be shopping for. And then a lot of examples about um, just messy stuff we found on files or things that have tripped us up or we've learned the hard way that we can pass on to somebody else so they can keep an eye out for them next time
1: right so there's three parts to this or how to find these business for self clients how to convert them because the conversation is different hey mr customer you're going to have a higher rate but oh by the way this is a benefit to you and you need to know how to have that conversation and then finally funding which would be how do i underwrite who does it how do i package it and then it's full of case studies as well, right? So you guys have like- yeah,
0: Well, and I would I, also say I find these
1: kind of things you learn best by like kind of looking over the shoulder and going, oh, absolutely. I see versus reading a product guidelines is like useless, not useless, but almost useless.
0: But also like uh, 76% of our business last year was A business. So even though we're doing all these BFS clients, there are a lot of A solutions. It's not always B. We only did one private mortgage last year. We've managed to do everything else with A or B or credit unions. So I think that's really big. And I know yeah. some of our B- BDMs are really excited that uh, <laughs> part of the course is like, I think Dickley's going through like the spreadsheet we use for calculating income and how to actually fill out the self-declaration forms properly.
2: Yeah. Right. And to your point, Scott, like how often have you heard someone talk about a file and you're like, well, oh my God, I had a, something just like that and I felt that I couldn't do anything and it didn't work out for me. Like it's kind of like a lot of these files are things that when you first look at them, within our case studies, you're like, that's a private deal. And just because we've really niched in this market, there are the deals that we previously probably would have thought weren't going anywhere that we can actually get done and done well. And you're absolutely right. People will be like, oh my God, I had a client just like that. Oh my God, I could have done that. And and it's not ever to make anyone feel bad about any missed opportunities, but it's more so that they can identify opportunities that are already in their business that are already coming to them. A lot of people aren't, as busy this year. Like across the industry, we've been hearing that quite a bit because we've niched so strongly in this area, like we're still busy. And it's like those deals that- we've
0: had our best January yet. Yeah. It's strange when like the industry
1: shouldn't, like isn't- People are down 40%, 40 to 50%. So you guys are having your best January, but the market has changed. And so if there's ever been a time to really start looking at more niche product specialization, now's the time to do it because not everything's going to fit the A box. I think of it like a sandbox. It's just gotten smaller, right? Yeah. And and
0: I would also say like, so we're abnormal. All three of us are abnormal. We didn't come from the bank, but like most brokers or a lot of brokers come from the bank. So they might not know the B solutions as well as the A options, right? So it's a good opportunity for a lot of people to just learn new products.
1: Right. We'll share a link to your guys' course in there. When is it coming up?
2: February 16th. Yeah.
1: February 16th. And you've got people registering. It's not like oh, only yeah. one person in this course. So you It's been going really well. Uh, yeah. So what's something that most people, if somebody's listening to this, that they get wrong about working with business for self clients? What's something that they either get wrong or they don't always understand? So many things. I was okay. like. Okay. One from each of you, but it has to be different. So one from Nicoli and then one from you, Denise. So pretty, oh, okay. Excited who goes first. So people just give them something to think about.
2: I think that one of the things that people in our industry may forget is if you're just looking at the tax documents and it doesn't seem to make sense for lending that that's a hard stop. We do have a lot of dated income products with various lenders that can look at their bank statements. So if a business is doing well but they also have a really great accountant that's making sure that they're not overpaying on taxes that like that's not a hard stop. There's a lot of options and they're not private.
1: Right. Okay. So, cause I've heard some, and you know, this is a small segment. I don't want to paint broad strokes, but some brokers who like private business tend to push, it's like they're a hammer and everything's a nail. It's like, everything's a private, you get a private mortgage, yeah. so you get a private mortgage. Oh. And I know you, Denise, I mean, I know Denise, your personality and your ethics is that you would not put somebody in a, if there's a cheaper option, you're going to work to get the cheaper option. I'm also just
0: too damn
1: competitive.
0: Like I want to find the best solution for the client. Like I want to win every time at every single file.
2: Um,
0: I would say the biggest misconception is that people think we get paid less to work with B clients. And to me, we actually get paid a lot more to work with these clients because they suck a lot less of our time. They connect us to their accountants right away and give us their documents. They're not rate shopping you. They're, you're not competing for anything. You're not buying anything down. You're telling the client, here's your option. And they're like, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And then they refer more. So then you have to market less.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. So could you talk about, because we did broker talks recently, and I think we had a whole bunch of people sign up from broker talks when they heard you talk about working with accountants and share the whole best case, worst case thing that you do and why you have so little stress compared to most mortgage brokers. Certainly back when I was brokering, I would always take everything. I'll take care of all this and then I'd be stressed out. Maybe just, I think that'd be helpful for people to hear just a framework, just one of the ways that you guys how you guys work. I think it'll be good. Neither one of you guys can answer that, but you know yeah, what? Yeah. So, about,
0: right? when we're pre approving clients, I think that people are always asking, what's the best rate? And so then they're fixated on that. And I think if a broker is trying to just answer their question instead of giving them all the information, that's what they're going to hunt for. Here's your best rate and here's your best option. And then you can't sleep at night because what if they don't qualify? Or what if the property they select doesn't do that? Or what if they only qualify for certain special programs on the A side that there are no pre approvals for? right? That's going to be very stressful. So, and I mean, we live in Ontario, so we often live in a world of no financing conditions, which could be very stressful. So we are exercising our pre-approval process for clients is always best case scenario, worst case scenario. And if you're okay with that worst case scenario, you go buy whatever you want, you let us know. But the worst case scenario might be, we're adding your parents' co-signers. We're leaning your parents' house. We're going to a private lender. We have to come up with more down payment. Like it could be terrible. Who knows? But if they're OK with it, then that's on them. We've given them the options. Here's the best case scenario. And we always tell them, you know, like a lenders pay us more than B lenders like and we don't charge a lot on private. So we are always going to fight for that best case scenario, even if you think that we don't care about you because we want to get paid the most. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, so that's a
1: way to show it to basically. Yeah, that's a great way to explain it.
0: Yeah. So that's how we do it. And we really like, we break down, like we give a lot of examples in the course about like, if somebody had this down payment and their income looked like this, here's what our
1: best case and worst case would be for this person. Right. And I think those are great. What about you, Nicola? Any other kind of thoughts or comments that you'd want to share on what you guys are doing?
2: Yeah. Like again, when we've been niching into this market, it's been both organic and deliberate at this point in time. Cause you know, when you figure out you're good at something, you kind of run with it, but We've all had those calls where uh, you have a self-employed client call you and say hey I went to my bank the bank said no what is wrong with my accountant why have they not made it so that I can purchase a house
0: My account screwed
2: up my, yeah, like yeah. what the have the they done? Yeah, which is cute, but like I can guarantee you that they said to their accountant that they want to pay the least amount of taxes possible. I want all the write-offs. We all love the write-off people. And so they've got this mentality that it's a kind of us versus them, like mortgage broker versus accountant kind of mentality. And we're really a lot of our course focuses on how that's actually It's not an adversarial relationship. It's a really nice relationship with an accountant because we're able to work with them. When we show self-employed clients, if we're going to have to go B because of how their accountants claim their income, we can work with those accountants to show how much they've saved in taxes versus how much extra they're going to pay in like interest financing on a B mortgage. So like all around that kind of talking through that, that's something that we really work through in the course about really fostering those relationships and making your referral sources look great which is really important because they send more clients. If you have a happy referral source that you've just told these clients how wonderful they are when they're already like kind of annoyed with them, it fosters really great relationships that way. And also for the client, like you're kind of a superhero a lot of the time with these business for self clients because they have been told no a lot, specifically at the branch level where they go in and they haven't got the best advice or they've just been told a flat out no. It's a lot easier to work from a perspective of no than it is from, yes, anyone can give me something. What's the best rate? As Denise said earlier. So like, even though like there may be different ways of looking at it, different ways you have to pre-approve a business for self client, it is such a worthwhile niche. And like, as we said, like it's working really well for us and like abundance for everyone. We want everyone to be able to do what we're doing because like there's enough mortgages out there for everyone and you just have to find them.
1: Yeah. What's a cost of your course? It's 350 bucks. It's like a cost yeah. of an appraisal, yeah. basically. $349. I
0: yeah.
1: mean, it's probably, so cheap.
0: We didn't realize how long it was going to be when we set that price. So it'll probably go up the next time. <laughs> yeah, um, you probably
1: should. Like, you know, you get one deal extra out of that that you couldn't figure out. You will get more than one if you pay. Attention. Oh,
0: so, a partner, right? Or, or yeah. one person that you turned away that you realize you can help now. Mm-hmm. I was going to add to what Nick Lee said that as mortgage brokers, we're also very like uniquely qualified to understand your self-employed borrowers because we're also self-employed. I also right. got declined by my bank last year for another rental property. Like, Did it mean that I couldn't buy it? No. Like, of course I got it, but like, it really helps them feel heard when we normally go into our branch and maybe don't feel bad.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really good. So it starts February 16th. When's the last time people can sign up? Probably like an hour before maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But don't do that. I told you guys you should raise the price. Like, but anyways, next time I think you can so okay. if you and guys are just thinking about it, it will be higher. I will I will hours. encourage Denise to make the price higher on this because I think it's well worth the yeah. value. And so and this, it, is it will never five be hours, It will, never it be, will be five
2: hours of like it's content. Like it's so much content. And we keep like we're those perfectionists that we keep reviewing and adding more and clarifying and making sure that we're really like getting our point across with it all it is there's no real, like there's breaks like to be yeah, clear, right. there are breaks. So you can go to the bathroom. get no a which, Yeah, <laughs> No breaks, five hours. We'd die of dehydration at that point, but yeah, well, it takes it, it turns talking.
0: So we're fine. Like, oh,
2: that's true. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, so it's good. And yeah. Thanks so much, Scott, for all that you're. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I
1: guys, I would highly recommend if you're watching this, you will get more BFS clients. They'll show you how to find them, who to talk to, how to talk to your accountants how to get those clients to want to work with you and be happy, how to make their accountants happy, how to make the clients happy. And then the last piece is just how to put them together, like what lender to use, you know, what combination of lenders in some cases. And so that, that's all what it comes down to. And this is, a, you're not going to get this kind of content from somebody who just because you guys have done so much of it, really is what it comes down to. You've done it so many times that you've found all of the little tricks and nuances that make a difference. Well,
0: I'm sure there's more we haven't found yet. Like, uh, but we're trying to share like the best ones or just like- Best ones that you've found so far. Yeah. There's so many things that just trip you up that you don't think to look for on a credit bureau, on a, like that are different on a T1
1: than on a regular client. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys for coming to chat with me. Is anybody got any questions? We can take any questions you have on the course. So it's five and a half hours. And
0: will we underwrite your BFS deals? No, no. show no. up at the course and we will teach you how to do it.
1: Uh- yeah, exactly. You know, teaching people how to fish, don't
0: fish. Exactly.
2: For them, right? Exactly.
1: That's always been my philosophy too. I heard a quote the other day, I interviewed a guy and he said, your business, your opportunity, which means you need to take ownership of it. And I'm like, I like that, right? Your business, your opportunity that you
0: Yeah, a lot of people have also asked us if it's recorded, it's not like it's like going to university like you need to show up at this course and pay attention and ask as many questions as you want because I think you're right we set the price way too low and that's why we have so many people registered already, but I you know, it's reflective of that. We really want the information to be out there and we want people to really be doing well. I believe that this is the year for brokers to take over the mortgage market completely. So I really want to see people like being yeah. able to help clients well.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys for coming to chat with me, and good luck on the course. I know it's going to go awesome. Yeah, check it out guys. We'll be chatting with you soon. Nice to meet you, Nicole.
2: Nice to meet you, Scott. Thank you. Yeah.
1: All right, hopefully you got some ideas from that conversation with Denise and Niccoli. In this next segment, I'm going to be talking to Tom Hall from The Mortgage about a win-loss analysis. Hey, Tom, welcome to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott, great to be here. So, hey, uh, you got this great idea for an analysis to do over the last year. So tell me about what you're doing or are you seeing brokers doing what you're thinking?
3: Right, yeah. So today is Jan 5th, so I'm not sure when this will get blasted out there, but kind of in the spirit of the new year, been thinking about or hearing at least a couple people could kind of doing this idea of a win-loss analysis, right? And we'll Mm -hmm. kind of get into that more, but the essence of it is, okay, we've just completed this year. So we have a fresh 12 months to analyze. Let's take a look at it and whether you're using some sort of CRM or some sort of Excel sheet or whatever it might be, you know, creating those two lists and saying, okay, these are all the deals that I've won and I've closed and the clients that I've gotten a mortgage for and here's one list and then creating a separate list of those ones that you've lost, right? And that's really kind of the starting point of the analysis and starting to compare them. And there's a couple different ways that you can compare them. But at the highest level, it's about going back, creating those two lists. Right. Yeah. And if you have the data somewhere, like in a CRM,
1: you can just easily pull that out and be like, oh, my leads, and then how many closings. And then, so I like this idea. You get the list of basically on the front end, it's leads. And then on the back end, it's closings. And so,
3: then what would be your next step if you were to do this? How would you recommend analyzing it? Right, right. And kind of as we were talking about the three things that kind of the steps, if you will, it would be kind of the where, the why, and then the how. And so, we'll kind of go through all those. So, starting with the where, the first one is. Really, more so on the lost deals, if you will. So you have a you know a thousand leads that came in, and you had a hundred that you closed. So those nine hundred that you lost, and hopefully your ratios are a bit better than hopefully, that. Hopefully, yeah, example. that'd be terrible. <laughs> Unless you're online buying
1: leads, like that, hopefully yeah. that's. If you're referral based, you're not very good at your job. Right, right. I'm trying, not trying to be rude, but it's true. Yeah,
3: yeah. sure, but no. In, in any case, so looking at those nine hundred in this hypothetical situation and looking at where in your process they fell off, right? Were they leads? Maybe you were buying on leads and you never even were able to reach out to them because you weren't proactive enough or they never picked up or something like that. And then, or is it you get a lot of people to pre-approval, but then nothing happens. You never hear from them again. Or is it, hey, you're mm-hmm. writing a lot of deals, but they're not getting approved or you know something like that, right? So it's taking a look at each of those steps and saying, where's my bottleneck? Right, right. What's going on, and where in my process are these leads or these clients dropping off? Right, and where's this, the like
1: idea of a hole in your boat or something, where it's like there's a where's the disproportionate league? number of yeah. people that have lost at this stage. Whether it's you know lead application, submission, pre-approval stage, you know, right. hopefully that percentage funding ratio goes up. You imagine this is from left to right, left being leads and right being closed. Hopefully the close the percentage goes up. The number goes down but the percentage goes up the further right you go like in terms right. of conversion yeah. right
3: from the so, next step um, to the next step next exactly step. okay yeah. so yeah I like yeah. that so
1: first definitely analyze where in the process what would be the next so tell me about what do you mean by why
3: yeah so why would be I mean if you're really wanting to dig into this there is you know an exercise of maybe reaching out to some of these people but I wouldn't maybe suggest doing that right away. The first thing is just looking at the data that you have it and right? And maybe taking a look and saying, okay, you know, of those, you know, again, in our example, we had a thousand, 900 didn't go through, 100 did, you know, what are the characteristics of those 100, right? What's similar between them? Why was I able to be so successful with them? So there's that why. And then on the flip side, looking at those 900 and said, is there a common thread here, right? So of the 900, and there can be a lot of different things that can tie these types of clients together. It could be the type of transaction that you're doing. It could be, you know, the lead source. If it is online, it could be, it referral could be a referral page. source.
1: It could be like I got a realtor that's right. terrible. Like I've seen people do that. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you think you get all these referrals from a realtor at the end of the year and you look and you go, wow, like then nothing closes. And then you realize that the amount of time and energy in that relationship may not be worth it from a total. You know, right. Uh, yep. So I think that's why it's good to do
3: it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even client types, are you really great with investors? Are you terrible with investors or first time home buyers or whatever, right? So there's a lot of different dimensions to look at. And, you know, there's power in that to try and find what's that dimension that I do really well, or I don't do really well, right? So what do you you like? Personally, I never
1: used to like, I never did commercial or, you know, once I got into doing prime business, I just did all prime and I wouldn't do anything that was like low credit scores. No, but some people like that. Okay, so you got people like where in the yeah. process, why did you win them? Which one's on the win side column? Why did you lose them on the left column? And it could be anything from lead source to your communication style. Your right. it, it actually is very useful to talk to people that don't work with you. Like there's no bad that comes up. And if, so if somebody chooses to work with someone else, just call them up and say, hey, you know what? I totally understand. You decided to go no, out there. I'm just curious. Right. How can I learn from this? If you yep. did that a dozen times, you were going to get a lot better. And sometimes people are out to lunch and you realize you're just crazy. There's nothing I could have done. But there's going to be gold in those conversations, but most people don't want to hear it. They don't no, you don't it. you don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. But it's actually, I guarantee you a dozen of those calls and you'd be like, okay, there's a pattern here that I can
3: solve. So I think it's worth doing yeah. for sure. You could do a dozen, but I bet you'd find a pattern after five calls, right? I bet yeah. three of the five will say the same thing, right? So I think it surfaces very quickly. And that's really yeah. the idea of it. Expect, You know, same with the where along the way, I think there'll be one step in your process where you're like, oh crap, you know, there's a ton of drop off here. So, I mean, I think that leads nicely into the how now. So now I've kind of done the where and the why you know, how, how am I going to fix this? What am I going to do to be better because of this? And I think it's, you know, first of all, along some of those different dimensions, first of all, it's the where, so along the process, so saying at that step, what am I doing currently? What am I not doing currently? And what can I change, right? Where is that improvement, you know, in the ones that were able to get through that stage? What did I do? And was it, you know, different? And what can I do to make that, you know, scalable to all my clients, everybody, that I work with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the where side of things. And then in terms of the why, when you kind of identify who are the people that I I do really well with, and then the people who I don't do so well with, well, for those ones that you do really well, how do you find more of those types of clients, right? right? So is it a certain lead source? Do I really want to invest in that lead source? Or is there a certain type of marketing that I want to do to increase the top of my funnel, those leads that are coming in that match this very specific Criteria, right? We kind of talked in previous sessions about a niche. You know, a lot of this is identifying that niche and then going out and trying to find people who match that niche. Right. Yeah. And I think
1: when it comes back to the how, like you might get to when you're looking at it, okay, this was some files that I would like to have closed, but you may be like, actually, I don't want these people. It could be <laughs> right. that you could have the opposite and go, okay, actually, I lost a but I'm actually glad I did. But how do I attract less of them? Right. Maybe it's cut a realtor off that sends you bad deals. Maybe it's, communicating more on the front end saying no faster and you know i think a good exercise to apply to this and i've heard this concept before is like stop start continue right so what do i need to stop doing what do i need to start doing and what do i need to continue doing and so you use that as like a filter for looking at your actions and it's a great way for you to like improve this part of your process and ultimately you know get more business in 2022 yeah, and I think rather.
3: 2023, that's right. Yeah, yeah I, got and it. I, think, I still, haven't, still have something <laughs> in my head yet. It, it takes me till about March to get it right. So yeah, the point on that, I think, is really interesting. I think one thing I was reading, it was this study, and humans are naturally additive. So they see a problem, they say, what can I do that's new, that can improve this thing? We're very bad at the stop, actually, right? It's, yes, it's actually it. something... That we really struggle with and there's all sorts of studies and cool things about it so i think that's the challenge right it's a lot but maybe where the most value is or what are the things that i'm doing right now that i should stop or you know the relationships that aren't so good or whatever it might be but that stop there's a lot of power in that so i think that's a, right. a place that people can focus on for sure yeah so if you're listening to this
1: you know tom and his team at blue mortgage are fantastic tool go to blue with no e and it makes it very easy for you to do this analysis because it's all right there. You can look at the leads, you can look at the closings, you can look at the different stages and see where these people dropped off and then dive into looking at the avatar, look at the referral source, look at your side of it. You know, you've got a part to play in this. Was there a bunch of files that you lost at a certain time of the year because you just were burned out? And okay, how do you prevent that? Like, how does you not do that again next year? So like, it's not necessarily the client focus. It could be something else. Just take the time to do the analysis. It's totally worth doing, I think.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'd be surprised, but not surprised too, right? So, you know, are surprised, oh, you know, there's a lot of drop-off, but then you think about it and you say, well, that actually makes sense, right? And I think that's kind of the nice thing about this type of exercise is it can be a shock at first, but then it really starts to make sense and then can lead to really quick improvement from what we've seen. Right. I love it. Thanks, Tom, for coming to chat
1: with me, man. And go check out bluemortgage.ca. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks again for listening to the show. If you want to go find some amazing content, go to I mortgage We have this free power search tool that lets you keyword search all of the past episodes and you can jump right to any moment when they're talking about business for self self-employed, first-time buyer, smith maneuver if somebody talks about it you can find it and you can jump right to that segment in the episode and you can even see the text it, it transcribes it the key here is to make sure you make it full screen mode because it's harder to read just the way the tool is designed but it's totally free go to check it out at ilovemortgagebrokering.com and thanks again for checking out this episode this is an i love mortgage brokering production